Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast brought to you in association with lasagna and beans, the food of champions. <laughs> We've had quite a response to um, lasagna and beans, lasagna and beans, and and we often say, you know, when we mention a product on this podcast, can you send us some lasagna? You, and... Do you want to sponsor the podcast? And lasagna and beans got together, yeah. and said, oh, we'd like to sponsor the New European podcast. Yeah, that's right. So we now have lots of lasagna. We're powered by lasagna and beans. <laughs> and beans. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like beans. No. Um, so just lasagna for me. I'm Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. Uh, we look tons of news. Yes. We'll get to that. There's no Jerry this week. Apologies. No, she sends her um, apologies. She does. Um, and regards. And regards. Um, she, do you know what she's doing, actually? No, I don't. She's with uh, Mancock, uh, sorry, Matt Hancock. Oh. Um, so, yes. Is she she um, tell us all about that next week. Excellent. Is he building her an app? Um, he proposed. Almost certainly. Matt Hancock wants to see your photos. That is one of the best stories. The greatest of that message of all time. <laughs> I bet he does. Decline. I bet he does. Uh, but of course we will still be crowning a Brexiteer of the week, as you would we will. imagine. Um, but it's been an exciting week, hasn't a, the, it? I think that it's been a very encouraging week in some respects. Yes. And there's always a tinge of disappointment, of course, with anything Brexit-related. There is. Um, but let's start on... Uh, but it's a potential game-changing week, isn't it? Well, well let's start with, with Labour, because I'm sure that the, yes. news, the news that there has been something of a U-turn uh, by Jeremy Corbyn will have brought hope uh, to the hearts of many of our listeners who've been desperate... For yeah. this to happen for some time, as have we. Um, so, Steve, uh, I mean, well, let's just bring it up to date. So, on uh, the beginning of the week, Labour said um, that they would, indeed, they were now minded to back a second referendum if their um, amendment to the, if you know, if, the, if their the Labour um, plan failed. Yeah. That's right, if the Labour plan failed, which, not surprisingly, did. it did. So, Labour now, these are Jeremy's words. We will back a public vote in order to prevent a damaging Tory Brexit or a disastrous no-deal outcome, Mr Corbyn said. Yes. He added... He did add, I'd rather have a general election. But... We'd still get our plan through. Um, but he's conti- he would, in his words, continue to push yeah. for other options, which included Labour's Brexit plan and a general election. Uh, thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that it's been... a very significant week for the Labour Party and it is almost entirely to do with the founding of the independent group 
which was a couple of weeks the ago. Tiggers. The Tiggers. The Tiggers have proved to be a wonderful thing this week. Well, I, that's um, a really interesting point because um, do you think now some well, of those Tiggers are thinking, oh, no, I don't. No, I don't oh. think so because I think well, well, we'll come on to why in a second. Right. But I think last week we spoke about the the ultimate, you know, the triumph of the SDP ultimately being the fact that it made Labour re-electable again, albeit fourteen years um, later or, tw- or fifteen years later, mm. um, and. Um, and you know, I think this is the start of the process for, for the Labour Party because the threat of the Labour Party losing more support inside the House of Commons and more support outside the House of Commons has has, has done two things this week. First, it's forced Labour to honour their manifesto commitments, which are commitments that we, as we know, that Jeremy Corbyn. Led McCluskey, Seamus Mill, the three people who really run the Labour Party, yeah. were opposed to. Um, and then it has um, also finally forced uh, the Labour Party, the, the leadership, to act and suspend the uh, revolt in uh, Chris Williamson. Um, and uh, and it's you know it's emboldened Tom Watson to try and uh, get to grips with this. Crisis in Labour. Clearly, that you know there is a there's there's a, a threat has been visible in the opinion polls, which have seen TIG you know ranging from eleven percent to eighteen percent in mm. one poll. Labour yeah. down to twenty three percent in in the poll that I think they were they were eighteen percent at. Yeah. So that's yeah. a you know that's a shocker. So that has created the the move towards um, honouring the the, um, the commitments made at conference rather than in the manifesto, which I might have said a minute ago. Um, and push for the second referendum. The um, the Chris Williamson thing um, is, you know, was was likely to add more numbers to the TIG. I I, I would have thought when you've got, you know, and, and we all know who those, those people are, and they are people who've been members of the Labour Party. You know, their mums and dads and yeah. granddads and, yeah. and grandmas have been Labour, yeah. members of the Labour Party. But you know, some of those people I think were probably on the, the brink of. Uh, walking out, the Luciana Berger thing has really affected quite a lot of um, Labour MPs, um, and the initial response to to uh, what Chris Williamson did, the, the the video of him saying that they'd um, overcompensated in their reaction to to anti-Semitism um, and the fact that he was eager to show a video by Jackie Walker. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it, you know it feels, that, and it certainly wasn't in my mind, and I'm sure not in the majority. Well, probably all of you guys out there listening, and certainly not yours, Steve. Any doubt that there was issues with anti-Semitism within the Labour Party? Yeah, that, I mean, that, you know, Williamson therefore uh, un, uh, has underlined the problem, hasn't he? By yeah, saying, completely. Oh, we're reacting. It's not. There's not an issue. There's not a problem. Completely. And you, you know, you asked me whether. People like Chucker and Moon are now are thinking, oh, maybe we should have stayed in the Labour Party because they're taking action against Chris Williamson, who's been doing this for quite a long time, and they've moved to support a second referendum. And the answer is no, because when you look at the um, depressing, when you go go, if you if you look at the reaction uh, on um, social media yeah. by yep. numerous members of the Labour Party, not MPs, but no. members of the Labour Party. Um, uh, people who are connected with Navarra Media mm-hmm. around people like Owen Jones. You know, I'm not saying these people support this, no, of course not. But people who follow them 
uh, support it. Tom Watson has been getting a lot of these people um, and uh, Chris Williamson of course people have replied to him and, and when you see the reaction the reaction of a significant chunk of Labour members appears to be you didn't do anything wrong and we stand by you. And so the time now... The anti-Semitism the problem, I mean, this, which remains with you know, Labour. We've, we've done lots and lots on yeah. Labour's anti-Semitism issue on this podcast. Um, but, and, and, and every time I've said that Labour need to employ someone to just look at social media yeah. and root these people out. Yeah. And, you know, if, if they can... I mean, I know it's not always as easy as that. Everyone has their name on their social media account. There would need to be some investigations done. But if someone has said, I agree with you, Chris Williamson, or or worse, or or even not as bad, in fact, then they should be... And, uh, and they are found to be a Labour member. They need to be rooted out. That is what would give people like Chuka Ramuna, um, Luciana Berger, etc., the um, the confidence that Labour is actually doing something about it. Yes, I agree. But I don't think they're going to do that. I agree. And I think it was, it was quite significant earlier in the week, wasn't it, when John McDonnell said, look, quite a lot of these people who um, who have been attracted to our um, attracted to our recent policies or have come back into the Labour Party tend to be people who believe in conspiracy theories. And, well, make your, make your own mind up there. So, well, there's uh, an, there is another um, a, a reaching over from Labour to Tories from from the hard lefty nutters to the hard right wing nutters, and they all tend to be Brexiteers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. So, um, so yeah, so it's been a fascinating week. Uh, so, a good week for Labour, you think? Well, I think. I mean, I think there is significant work to do, but yeah. I think that there's the, the beginnings of a, a, a recognition that the response to the problem has been abysmal, and that there is a, still a huge problem. But you know, there there is so much work to do. So um, on the Today programme, of which I am a big fan... Yes. Um, you like John Humphrey the best. Actually, don't you? I actually do you like John Humphrey. You think he's fair and balanced? Well, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but then I don't think I'm fair and balanced. Hey, what do you call... But why can't we just get out? <laughs> That's what he says. But why can't we just stay in? Actually, he just, yeah. He just says I stuff like that, doesn't he? But he's like your sort but the, of... But there's the will of the people wanting... They want us to go out. But he's a bit like your sort of... Imagine if you he know, was... Uncle bit... on Christmas Day, I think. Imagine He's been he in my life for a long time. Imagine if he just went a bit boy oi oing and all these questions. <laughs> how many people voted for... I just like... I, you know, I feel like he's a, a nice old boy. Do you? Yeah. No. Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, I've got friends who are Brexiteers. Have you? You. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> the truth. I only pretend to be a remainder for the, for the lols. <laughs> for the big the books. and the lols. <laughs> It's not true. <laughs> it's not there definitely no not true. <laughs> Indeed. Um, t- uh, so yes, big big week for Labour, but forced into it under duress. Yes, under yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, and thanks to the tickers. And it's all thanks to the tickers. Do you think they've had a quicker because the way politics is sort of turbocharged at the moment? Do they've you had think a quicker impact? Yeah, haven't they? they really yeah, have, haven't they? Very much so. Yeah. Extraordinary. And there is a few problems. Yes. Is it the, with their Nando's? Their trip to Nando's? There were quite a few problems with that, weren't there? Go on. Well, it was the fact that quite a few... Bottomless of them, Coke, you know, at Nando's. Sorry? You, they still do that. But they do, well, they do bottomless soft drinks, yeah, don't they? Yeah, like Ikea. But Subri had gone bottled water, hadn't she? Oh. Um, somebody, you know, there were a couple of beer and, beer and wine, but there were a couple of people had sort of, you know, why would you 
beer and wine. You wouldn't have wine in a Nando's, would you? I, I think no. Gates. I think, I think Gapes I've only have been got, Gates have gone red wine. I think I've only had these are people who order wine in Nando's is someone who's never been in Nando's. Yeah, before. exactly. <laughs> but why would you have? Why would you have the wine? You know, why would, why would you have the bottled water particularly? Okay, well, that's it. And also, Subri, <clears throat> a lot of ketchup on the chips. Was there? Yeah. All right. So, Salad and chips, right? Yeah. No healthy. No chicken, healthy option. But loads of ketchup all over the. Did chips. she just have? To, I've not seen this picture. Did she just have chips and salad? She just had chips and salad, and she put a lot of. Well, she veggie. She put a lot of red sauce all over them. Mm. See, um, I'm more of a brown sauce kind of chap. I, I'm not. But if you go to Nando's, you have the HP sauce, is it? Yes. Because it's no, or it used to be no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was, um, there were, there was strike action, wasn't there? Was there? Um, yes, MPs threatened to to not, not to do to, even less. <laughs> no, they threatened to not not strike. They threatened to stop eating in in parliaments, eateries, and restaurants. Yeah. Because they tra- yeah, right. No, seriously, it's a few years ago now. Because they uh, decided to remove HP sauce. Did they really? And uh, replace it with daddy's. Daddy's sauce. See, I don't mind daddy's. No, I don't mind. I daddy's. mean, I would. I'd go HP first. Yeah, yeah. But I don't mind a bit of daddy's. No, it's I a bit mean, tangier, isn't it? I, well, I I'm not really. A, I'm not really a connoisseur of the brand sauce. So would you always go red? I'd always go ketchup, I'd, oh. but I, you know. All right. So let's. Walk, so if you went, or well, not if or when cat, or catsup. When, when what was you that about? Why did people start calling it catsup? I don't know. Do the Americans call it catsup? Do they? I think that's something to do with feet lines, isn't it? Yeah, it could catnip. Be. People catnip. putting catnip on your yeah, chips. Yeah, yeah. Catsup. Um, if you were going to go to Nando's with the Tiggers then, yeah. what would you have to drink? I've heard the Shenin's lovely in Nando's. <laughs> well, I'd have, bo- I'd have bottomless... Um, soft drink? Soft drink. Yeah. Bo- bottomless diet coke. don't feel like don't a place to have a beer. I might have a beer, but I, I think I'd probably go soft drink. Yeah, so yeah, quite quite odd, but I think you know it, from the looks of things. I mean, quite a few people seem to have. Um, well, somebody had somebody had chicken wings roulette, didn't they? Which is essentially just a huge bowl of chicken wings. On one of them's hot. On, on just on their own, you know, and no no salad, no chips, nothing. Um, so yeah, I think numerous numerous issues with that picture. Well, I, I, I would, so we're going to go soft well, of drink. Of course, it showed that they were human. It did, but clearly none of them have been to a Nando's before. Do we know which Nando's it was? No, it was probably the uh, Davos Nando's, as the critics. I'm sure Aaron Bastami, probably. There is such a thing as a Nando's gold card, I'm told. There is a thing, such a thing as a Nando's gold card, yeah. I've only been to Nando's maybe three times. Maybe three times. Maybe I used to, I used to have secret, I used to hold secret meetings in the Nando's in Hoban. Did you? Because the other place where I used to eat kimchi, kimchi, yeah, um, in High Hoban was it was there were too many people that you might from Pins that you might not want to. Okay. Those people would never go to Nando's. No. So I used to go to Nando's. That really was a cheeky Nando's. Yes, it really was very good. Very good. So we have had some interesting votes this week as well. Let's, yes. Um, well, it all, it's all about the arithmetic now, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. Let's talk about, because we've touched on labours, so the reason that uh, Jeremy Corbyn through Greater Teeth had to come out and say, oh, people's vote, um, was because their plan uh, was defeated. Uh, it's not 83 majority um, yeah. opposed to it. Uh, the, so they outlined their five Brexit demands, which have been going on about for yeah. some time, didn't they? So that was defeated. No great shock there. Um, what did you think to uh, 
Conservative MP Alberto Costa's proposal? Well, I thought it was it was so sensible that he had to be immediately be sacked from his position. <laughs> that was funny. It was unpaid, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Go back to serving coffee. Looks like your position. <laughs> <laughs> Honorary only. <laughs> Honorary, and you're sacking me. <laughs> it's, it's how you, you tell me. Oh, yeah. Richard, just one more thing. Uh, when you finish uh, cutting the pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, but it, it was it nice. broad support, and therefore you had to go. What a nice moment, though. That aside, that was just... Silly, silly, yeah, silly stuff. But, but but the fact that they didn't even have to vote on it was actually a nice moment, wasn't it? Well, yes, it was. Um, although there was a bit of rebellion later on, wasn't there? Well, there was. We'll get to that. Um, so so that was nice. Alberto Costa. He yeah. uh, his parents are Italian, of course, and uh, he spoke very he spoke very well actually. I yes. thought during the so uh, so fair play to Mr. Costa, or a Starbucks man myself. Although if Costa or like Starbucks the, uh, want to sponsor the, the pod, yeah, yeah. then they can. Brought to you in association this week with lasagna and beans. Lasagna because. and beans. But if you want to, I mean, maybe they could come up, come in as well. Brought to you in association with coffee, lasagna and beans. He likes that. Let's so just to go back to the lasagna yeah. and beans. Again, yeah, yeah. He likes the people have, have said after the podcast last week, where in which we revealed that one of our colleagues likes to have lasagna and beans for lunch. People have asked again. Is that, are the beans on the side? And I, again, I will say no. They're not on the side. They're, they're all over top. the top of the lasagna, like it's a, like it's a baked potato. They're on top. But it's not a baked potato. It's a lasagna. I once went to a restaurant. It's where crazy, someone... isn't it? It makes me think of London pizza, which they have in the. They have it in somebody who lived in Middlesbrough was telling me about this. Go on, go on. It's, it's pizza. It's a margarita pizza. Yeah. But it's got just got chips all over the top of it. Oh. Because that's what they have in London. Do they? No. <laughs> well, I was telling the stories. I mean, London pizza. When I was a young, when I was a young, eating. when I was a young George fella. Osborne yeah. sitting at his desk. And, you know. When I was a younger man, yes, I used several to, decades ago, yeah, quite some time ago. Now, yeah. I used to, I worked in a, for a regional newspaper. I used to go and um, take ladies out for dinner. Yes, but then I would review the restaurant, the restaurant which yeah. meant that I could expense the bill. Therefore, yeah. it was free. Good. So the ladies thought what I was flash. Moves. Ladies thought I was flash. Paper got some yeah, nice yeah. copy. Nando's. Everyone KFC, wins. Everyone's, everyone's a winner. So in the mighty town of Huddersfield, I pretty much went to every restaurant, and they opened well, up that's three. Yeah, so it's McDonald's, Wimpy, <laughs> and then this Persian the restaurant. Egg. This Persian restaurant oh, opened, yeah. right? So I thought, well, oh yeah, bit of bit flash, you know. So I went along to this Persian restaurant, took a young lady with me, and I was trying to be, you know, Billy Big Biscuits, yeah, ordering stuff off the menu like I knew what it was, and then. Um, and, and none of it was in English, right? None of it was in English. It's a very nice way to come and try to explain it to us. And anyway, anyway, it came and it was like a, it, well, it was like a, um, a, like a hot pot, really. Oh yeah. And and then they brought out some, well, what looked like McDonald's fries. Lovely. And I said to the waiter, "Oh, this is very interesting. Can you explain? You know what the dish." Is? So he started very, his English was very broken, but he was really, you know, gallantly trying, very good customer service, but nonetheless, quite a lot was being lost in translation. And I said, and, and these? And he again struggled a little bit, and I said, do I put, you know, do I put them in? And he said, yeah, you know, you if you want them. to. So I put them in, these, I thought that they were maybe some kind of vegetable, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really get, put my, anyway, the, the manager then came out, it's only been open two or three nights, and he was chatting to us, and his English was much better. And I and I was halfway through, it was delicious. Uh, 
And I said, what? What are these? He said, fries. <laughs> they were just yeah. chips. <laughs> This is I delicious. Thought, I thought there was some kind of incredible... Delicacy. Yeah, and I was saying to the lady I was with, wow, these are fantastic, aren't oh. they? What are these? What do they call, these? Do they call oh. these in your from culture? The, from the I had French salt fries. and vinegar. And yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So there you go, chips. Chips. On pizza. Chips on pizza, London pizza. London pizza, fantastic. Yeah. If London pizza would like to sponsor the pod. <laughs> yeah, they can come on after lasagna and beans. <laughs> anyway, back to the votes... Um, what what we now know is that oh the rebels twenty rebels twenty rebels eight, about eighty um, people abstained yes Tories yes um, and this vote was um, to uh, this this vote was this was opposing the Cooper amendment wasn't it uh, that is right so f- um, let me get my votes right here uh, so yeah uh, Yvette Cooper's amendment to so this was to pin the prime minister. Um, no, that no, Pin that was a, like a butterfly. <laughs> no, the Cooper Amendment was was uh, ha- actually had a majority of four hundred eighty-two, so there was uh, five hundred two votes for against twenty. Lots of uh, so there was twenty Tory rebels voted against the amendment. Only two hundred and forty of the party's three hundred and thirteen MPs who were eligible to vote actually offered their support for the proposal, um, <laughs> which is quite something, isn't it? It's crazy. Uh, isn't it? But there we go. Um, so what it meant was when we when you shake all those votes down, what it means is that Theresa May will be holding a meaningful vote on March the twelfth. So what, she says. So she says. But what I thought we should probably do at this point is. It's, well, you've explained that so well that I, I think know. We should now go I, on to I think explain. we should start again. Really, well, shouldn't we? On that one. To these lasagna you, and beans. You get off. Well, not more. Have you heated that one up? Because it was. Have, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I thought that what we should probably do is. Just as one of my colleagues likes to say, just put our foot on the ball, yeah. lift our head up, look around the pitch, and see yeah. who to ping the ball to. Yes, exactly. So let's put our foot on the ball and see where we are with Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. So next week. Yeah. So I'm just going to run through the weeks and then months run and then even yes. perhaps years. Yes. Okay. So a little bit of this is what's happened coming up. I'm just yeah, but obviously there's a bit of crystal ball work here. Yeah. On my part. Okay. And so there's some guessing. Yeah. And there'll be some alternative realities as well. It'll be like oh Philip K. Dick's man in the high castle. That's what it's going to be like. Oh good. Yeah. I like that. So the week of March the fourth, which is next week. Yes. Jeffrey Cox. Jeffrey Cox. Yeah. Hello. He's going the to be working. Of he, the he's got a he's got a big week next week. Yeah, he has. Um, he's going to be shouting at foreign people. He is going to be uh, he's going to be trying to make it clear that the backstop yeah. <laughs> uh, cannot be permanent. It cannot be permanent. What are you going to say to that? Uh, nine. <laughs> You say nine! I don't know why I've got him singing, but I feel like he should sing. He should sing, yeah. He should sing everything. So I believe that he is going to be speaking to Barney next week, or shouting at him, but yeah. in a kind of nice way. He's, yeah, he's yeah. not an aggressive shouter, he's friendly. No. He's friendly enough. Um, London, supposedly, is pressing... People are saying, are they going to hold the door open a little bit, or do they now think, ooh, the EU, do they now think, oh, there might be a second referendum on the table? Well, exactly. Why don't we just give them nothing? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, all, re- all really, all Downing Street is all, all London at least is asking for is is um, a date. You know, yeah. tell us when it will end. At least give us something. 
And it'll only be a soft date. Um, it'll be aspirational because the, you've been quite clear that it can't be written in, um, yeah. it, 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 you know, le- le- legally binding. Um, but isn't the answer to that that they can't give that date because it... Well, there needs to be some wor- there needs to be some wordings yeah, here, doesn't it? There uh, does. But but equally, are the ERG going to agree to that sort of soft? Well, you know, I mean, aspiration. Jacob Rees-Mogg appears to be saying now, doesn't he, that there, there doesn't <coughs> have to be a sort of hard end point at some. You know, it, it, it seems not to be as much of a concern as it as it once was. Well, I think we've moved on, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. <coughs> so March the twelfth is a big day. So on March the 12th, MPs will be given a meaningful vote on the revised exit deal. That's just 17 days before we leave. Yeah. Who'd have thought that, um, who'd have thought the day after the vote, or even on the day that we triggered Article 50, that we'd just 17 days left? Yes. Actually, I think we probably did think we that, did that, think was, that, yeah. that would be the case. Uh, so, th- so this uh, second meaningful vote, because of course we've already had one, mm-hmm. um, w- would look to overturn that record 230-vote defeat, um, that rejection of the initial Brexit package, which was seems like years ago, but it was actually only last month, wasn't it? Um, so the, the, the meaningful vote is, is we've got to do it. It's a legal obligation um, as part of the European Union Open Brackets Withdrawal Close Brackets Act. Yeah. So it has to happen. They didn't want it to happen. Do you remember we had all that fight about that? That it was yeah. it had to be to be written into that. So thank goodness for that. Um, and it must take place before, and I'm quoting, before the European Parliament decides whether it consents to the withdrawal agreement being conducted on behalf of the EU. Yeah. So it has to happen prior to that. So that is what's going to happen on March the 12th. Um, at that point, the Labour Party will put forward their amendment, which will call for a second referendum. Yes. Unfortunately, at this stage, what are we, 12 days out, mm. that second referendum does not have the numbers. Well, I, I, I guess, it, I don't think it has got the numbers, but then you look at, um, when you look at Wednesday night's Peston, the numbers that they showed there seemed <coughs> a bit more helpful. So, so but, I mean... But I, the I, issue is that, I don't think they've got the numbers right now, no. I don't think they've got the appetite from the top of the party to go and get those numbers. Yes, exactly, exactly that. There yeah. is going to be some Labour MPs in in hardly voting constituencies that have already said that they won't they won't do it. They won't be able to. Yeah. Um, will but it? Be, will they abstain? Will Labour whip it? Well, yeah, they should do really because it, it was decided by conference. Yes, but we will was. see. So we've got a lot to learn still. Um, with regards to the way that Jeremy will handle that. So I mean, in my in my stupid. Arithmetic. Yeah, there are six hundred and fifty seats, aren't there? There are one of one of whom one of whom doesn't vote, of course. Yeah, and then seven Sinn Fein MPs who don't turn up or vote. That's correct. Um, but anyway, I, there are around three hundred and four. There are three hundred and fourteen Tories, and about ten of them have already said that they will vote for a, a people's vote. Does that include the Speaker? No. Okay. Uh, there are ten DUP. Yeah. Um, and there are, um, uh, and then there are uh, around twenty Labour MPs yes. who've indicated that they would support the government and wouldn't yeah. support. Yeah, that. yeah. So you know, so that takes you to three hundred and forty-four, nearly, doesn't it? Uh, sorry, three hundred and thirty-four. 
um, and you need how many do you need to win when you take off the DUP and the, you need about 318 isn't it yeah yeah so so yeah so they've got um, the num- they've got the numbers but they have got the numbers <laughs> but then you look at the and then and you know you look at it at, you add up the Labour, the SNP, the Lib Dems, the Tiggers, the Tory 10, the Greens, Plaid Cymru, you end up with about 305. However, they were pestered on Wednesday night. Uh, there's a thing there which says that there are 148 pe- uh, MPs who support the people's vote from all sides. So some Labour, SNP, Lib Dems... Uh, some Tories, there are 146 Labour MPs who will can be guaranteed to vote with Labour policy who aren't in that group, and there are 35 supporters of a soft Brexit. So that and that makes 329. Mm. So that gives you a reasonably healthy uh, majority. So I think we don't know, but there needs to be quite a bit of movement to. There's to, got to, a bit. To, I think what we, what what. Um what we need is a, a, a massive campaign of um, by Labour to to get in behind it because, and I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think they're going to be out on every show saying why it's a good idea. I just don't think. I think this is last resort. I don't think that Jeremy is that bothered. No, but Which it's is up, sad. but now it's up to people like Emily Thornberry, who appears to be a born again. True Remainer, McDonald. Do you know, Emily Thornberry, I was thinking this the other day, has got hair much like yours. Yeah, she's got the old Dickie Davis, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Semi-Jerry Spice, not Jerry Scott. No. Um, but also, I've got I've got a little Dickie Davis, haven't I? I've got a little, well, as many people Why? will tell you. Yikes. Uh, um, <laughs> it's, a good, good job. it's a good job that this is not a visual medium. <laughs> that, that is true. Because he's showing me. But I've got a little melon streak, yeah, yeah. For, for people of a, a certain age. Have you seen the Danske Bank? Oh, we're going to go on and talk about what happens oh, I've next. I've only just started. I've only just started. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. right up to the mid-2020s. So, so... In a bit, we can talk about the Danske Bank, uh, which I believe is Danish bank. Good. Um, and we can talk about their... They've, they've produced likelihoods for all of these scenarios. Good. Well, we'll get to that in a minute after I've done yeah. my little rundown. So let's say that Theresa May's plan is doesn't command the House. Yeah. Neither does, neither does Labour's. Shall I say it now? So they, say, so they say that that is... It is 85% likely to fail. Right, good. Okay, so th- this is good. We- this is like, it's like we're prepared to get there. Exactly, yeah. So, next day, March the 13th, Parliament will then be asked to vote on a no-deal. Shall we have a no-deal Brexit? Shall we have a no-deal Brexit? Now, I think c- quite clearly the House does not want a no-deal Brexit. Yeah. Um, and um, the Prime Minister said the UK will only leave without a deal on the 29th of March. If there is explicit consensus in the House for that outcome, I don't think there is. I think no deal is done now. Yeah. I think it's dead, which well, is I, good. I, I'm not sure it is dead oh. completely, but oh. I think no deal on the 13th of March is, is completely dead. Yes. Um, and the Danske, Danske Bank, our friends at Danske Bank say that uh, there is, they're 95% likely to win that vote. So there is, nine, there is only less than a 5% chance of us leaving... Uh, under a, a no-deal Brexit on the 13th of March, or agreeing to leave on the 13th of March. Obviously, we would be leaving on the 29th of March anyway, wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. OK, so... Now we get... What happens next? March 14th. March 14th. Yeah. So that is two weeks. Yes. Two weeks today. And that's a Wednesday, isn't it? It is. You're the GGs. This is, this is playing havoc 
This is playing utter havoc with the TNE deadlines, isn't it? Because <laughs> it our is. newspaper deadline is. is on a Wednesday, um, and uh, which I, when I believe, and uh, I believe that the thirteenth of March is a Wednesday, isn't it? So, um, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes. Did the listener is not much bothered about our deadline wars? I'm sure. No. So March fourteenth. Yeah. MPs will. Uh, if there's a rejection for the No Deal, which we believe there will be, MPs will be asked if they would uh, want to seek a short, limited extension to Article 50. Yes. Um, it's how the government... We've all had a short, limited extension in our lives, and now MPs want them as well. So and mine was just a porch. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three months. Wasn't that the start of Pelé's Viagra? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, the difficulty here is that the extension can't last beyond the end of June. Why? Because we would then have to participate in European elections. Well, why don't we just do it for a laugh? <laughs> we'll put up, like, you know, Jeffrey from Rainbow. Well, that was the... We could it, you know, do a better job. You do a better job. Um, we could... Um, mm. I mean, it, at one point, <coughs> the EU were about to suggest that we should have an extension for 21 months, weren't they? Um, and but then, and we would have to participate in the. We EU would. Election. There are cost implications for both sides, which I, 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 does I've anyone got... really want us to participate in the EU election? I think anyone does. No. no. Um, the the, pro- the problem, of course, with this is, and this is what I imagine Theresa May is kind of hoping. And we'll yeah. get back to Jacoby Smog and his chums. Is that the longer that if there is a delay? Yeah. I think the likelihood of that second referendum grows. Yes. This is why a delay is really what we're after. Yeah. Because it gives people time. Um, it gives people time to get their heads together, get their campaign together, and really ramp it up and get the pressure on the MPs. And that's what we need. Mm. Um, so the ERG in that case, are they likely to fall in behind May's deal in order to avoid this delay? Well, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I. So that look, so they put that at. Um, they put that there would be a vote on the two, on the two or three month extension, wouldn't there, on the fourteenth of March, and the likelihood of of that being rejected, I think, would be well. Danske Bank put that again at less than five percent, so ninety five percent certain. Um, the time, um, the time for the the next. The real crucial time for Maid's deal would be after that, wouldn't it? I think we're almost certainly saying that there is going to be a two or three month extension to Article I think 50. I, ca- I can't see how we could possibly yeah. do anything else. But when, but but that would be the time that Maid's deal would um, hove back into view, and the ERG, you know, time to think, spooked. Final recognition that the EU really aren't going to move on this. Final recognition. Um, that the country doesn't want no deal, that Parliament has ruled out a no deal, um, threat of another referendum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this has really been playing that. in May's head, you know. I, yeah. think, I think that the people are in her ear saying, you know what, it seems such a bad thing. And um, then before March 21, 22 is the EU summit, where yeah. this whole thing was supposed to be signed off, basically, yeah. by the bloc. So they would have to then agree that we could have the extension, wouldn't they? Which they would. I don't, think there's, would. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance of them not doing it. But any deal would have to be formally approved by then. Yeah. Um, and the buffet, and the, apparently, and for that is event it, is... Lasagna and beans. Lasagna and beans. Of course it is. 
chicken lasagna and beans. It is. Fungus is made. She loves chicken lasagna and beans, as we know. Um, so the, the negotiations between the EU and the UK will wind up before then. Yes. Um, whatever happens. So yes. ma- by the end of March, or indeed later, uh, the Commons needs to approve a uh, the Brexit Treaty and meaningful vote. The government will put this forward in a new piece of legislation. The European Union, open brackets, withdrawal agreement, close brackets, bill. Oh. Yeah. Who, who comes yeah, up yeah, with this yeah, crazy yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a, hu- a huge bit of legislation, obviously. Yeah. Um, in that, we would have the agreement on citizens' rights, financial settlement, transition details, yeah. very consequential so not for our future. Not much to sort out. Easy peasy. Um, I think what we will see, of course, as you allude to there, is that the, that is not going to happen <laughs> in yeah. time, um, because it will take. We've seen how long anything takes to get. You know, if you want to, if you want to change the something perfectly simple like fixed odd betting terms, it take you four years to get yeah, it through exactly. Parliament. So this is going to take a long time. So I, I think that she will have to seek. Um, a, a couple of months after that meaningful vote, whatever happens, I think we can sort of safely say that that is that is true. There's other stuff though we've got to, we've got to get through before Brexit Day if we are going to leave on March the 29th. Yeah, um, we're not going to leave on March the 29th. But if we were, we're not. We've got there is another 600 statutory instruments which need to go through. <laughs> yeah. Just six hundred. Just six hundred. Fine. They do require a lot less scrutiny, but yeah. you know, nonetheless, just time-wise, that is going to be going to be difficult. Well, presumably, presumably, people who were so minded could stand up in the Commons or Lords and mess about for a little bit. Certainly they? could. They yeah. certainly could. Guess what happens on March the thirtieth and beyond? We can forget about Brexit. It'll all be sorted out, and everything's fine. Everything goes back to normal. Yeah. No, we can start having trade talks. Can we? Well, <laughs> Liam Fox wakes up and wipes the sleep from his eyes. All he's got to do is sign his name on 40 pieces of paper. <laughs> and we're off. He's like he's been hibernating, isn't it? Like, oh, I'm so sleepy. And then he's little... What the fox is living? Holt's bungalows. Bungalows, yeah. In his little bungalow. Yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? If he actually had been hibernating all this time. And when you see him... <laughs> When you see him doing those trade things, he's, they've just propped his, eye, his eyes open with matchsticks. They've painted them on his eyelids. Happy to be here. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like really, uh, Weekend, weekend at Birds. Yeah. 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 He's been hibernating. Do you think he'll come, when he comes, on March the 30th, when he wakes up, he'll be ravenous, won't he? He'll escape like he'll a rare pro- He'll gas. probably go out probably through the, He'll probably like, jump out of his bedroom window and rush off to the nearby park and steal picnics. It'd be great, wouldn't it? His front door will have a little Liam Fox shape in it as he runs out, pen in hand, ready to do his trade deals. So we will enter 21 months, uh, a 21 month transition period. Now I have to say, I'm not sure if we extend it, if that 20 months, you know, if, if, if it extends if with that, I'm not months, sure. I think it does. But anyway, during this time, and this is nice to know, Presumably we'll have three months of argy-bargy from Jacob Rees-Mogg about how that was never in the runs yeah, either. And quite possibly. But oh, during it this... must be an 18 month. That's how he talks, you know. Right, like Morrissey? Yeah, he talks exactly like Morrissey. Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> Morrissey's got a new covers album out, you know. <laughs> Do we know what it's called? Yeah, it's called Songs for Swinging Leavers. <laughs> That's a good joke, that. I wrote that joke myself. It is a very good joke. Yeah. I like it. And I can... Being a bit of a Morrissey fan, yeah. not Morrissey the man so much anymore, no. but certainly Morrissey's music. The, of, man well, the, the man and his music up until about 2003. Yeah. 
Um, there were a few good say, Was it the National Front Disco? No, that's a great song. Was it Bengalian platforms? Questionable. That's, that's <laughs> the questionable that's where, lyrics. That's when I went, ooh. Ah, yes. Um, no, National Front Disco's fine, he's in character. Bengalian platforms. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, 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 no. I don't think, musically and lyrically, I don't think they're rot set in. Ouija board, Ouija board. That's not one of my favourites. It's very poor, isn't it? Um, but it does at what the end Rose spell King? out S T. P H E N P U S H O F F, which I think we could all agree with. That. Yes, this is true. Uh, Royce Keane, yeah, I like that. Keen. There's never yeah. been a keener. Window cleaner. <laughs> They're increasingly laughable. It's, aren't funny. They? it's funny though that, that lyric. Um, is is something like uh, the. Roy, Roy is a satellite, the chamois the planet or something. What was he gone about? I've got no What's idea. What's he on about? I've got no idea. There's one on his new album, isn't there, which is, is it called the... Uh, um, I've uh, I'd long stopped listening to Is it Morris's called The Bullfighter Dies? Yes, I think that... Mad in Madrid. Yes. Yeah. It's all a bit sort of semi now, isn't it, as well? Yeah. I think... I think, when you say same, you match them in rubbish, don't you? Well, I think there's a song called Life is a Pigsty, which I think was on the 2006 album Years of Refusal. Yes. Um, we, and I had started to... Something start, that consumers are experiencing yes, when faced with Morrison. I had started to weigh in by this point, but I think that was sort of peak... That was a caricature of Morrissey, really, at that point. Yeah. That was the end, I think, for Morrissey. Good. Give up, Morrissey. Yes. Um, Sad old idiot. Yes. Uh, goodbye, Morrissey. We've, we've... I mean, we've... We've talked about Morrissey so much on this pod, we probably shouldn't anymore. No. Hey, listen, this is something you probably don't know. Yeah, go on. So, if Britain leaves without a deal, right, you might think March 29 is the cliff edge. Yeah. No. April the 18th. April the 18th, really? So, in the European Commission's contingency plans, Britain must confirm whether... With or without a deal, but I guess you know, without a deal is why it's important. Whether they want to make seven billion pounds of net contributions to the EU budget for two thousand and nineteen by April the eighteenth. Right. So, if they didn't, then oh yes, okay. And um, uh, negotiators have said that if if Britain didn't do that, then it would ruin relations. It would be the end of any trade. The only way I can see this doomsday scenario happening is if there was some kind of change of leadership from the Tories. So I don't think Theresa yeah. May had ever put a name to it. So I think we'll be all right. But it is worth it is worth knowing. Um, and obviously, the EU would be scraping around trying to make sure that Britain, you know, met any withdrawal agreements, which I guess wouldn't be obliged to do if we had no deal Brexit. Um, but it, it could indeed, you know, that is Mad Max stuff. Yeah. However. If there is a deal and we do have a transition, that will end on the 31st of December 2020. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. By which point we would hope to have a trade deal in place. Yeah, a single trade deal. What I place. would suggest is that there won't be. With land <laughs> at all. There won't be because we've shown ourselves to be fairly incompetent. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine got, that is. The bloke we put in charge of this is hibernating. Yes, he will want to sleep well, again. Morris is backing band would call the statutory instruments. That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Morris in the statutory, and the statutory instruments. Songs for swinging levers. Oh, and beans. <laughs> I don't know what it all means. <laughs> the lasagna in your mouth is murder. <laughs> and the smell that you make. <laughs> it's murder. <laughs> I bet he likes beans, though, doesn't he, Morris? Oh, he's a big bean man. 
Huge bean man. He'll love a bean. Yeah. Almost. Because he likes the... Um, he's very popular among Mexican. He is. He is. So yeah. he's probably... Um, and he lived He lived in Mexico for a little while, I believe. I think he so lived... he's probably no stranger to the, the bean the enchilada, bean. is yeah. he? Yeah, I presume he's a big bean fan. Big bean eater. A big... He, he likes egg and chips, is what I've heard. Egg and chips? Egg and chips. And a single malt whiskey. Is that what he likes? Supposedly. Hmm. Uh, so many... Uh, people believe that if we if we do go down the max fact yeah. route, yeah. which although laughable, you know, perhaps it, it with the t- this is uh, so using advanced technology yes. to ensure that there is frictionless frictionless trade between the borders of Northern and uh, the Republic of Ireland. Yes. Um, which doesn't exist. Which doesn't exist. Currently doesn't exist. That's right. It's Gavin Williamson and his drones, isn't it? Just some drones that he's bought from Smith's Toys. <laughs> yeah, he's going to put. A, he's going to put some iPhones in the bottom of. <laughs> if Smith's Toys would like to, and then if, yeah, <laughs> if the Smiths would like to sponsor yeah. this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's going to take years, years and years and years, years to put in place. I think the most, um, the, the 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 most. The soonest that could happen would be mid twenty twenties. I am suggesting. Yes. A less ambitious fast track system between the US and Canada took decades. Yes. And billions of dollars. Yes. So lots of drones. Yes. Will cost billions of dollars. Could he? Paying punts. What about if he constructed a huge sort of silver globe in space? That'd yeah. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm liking this. Could, um, Let's get him on the phone. He'd that love would this. Be good, wouldn't it? A big globe in space. Do- a dome in space. A big sort of round, like a planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A small moon, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then could we just do it on the moon? It could control um, stuff from from up there. Put it up in orbit. Maybe put a sort of killer. Right, right, tractor right, beam right. thing on it and yeah, then to drag right. people in and then uh-huh. if you didn't you know so if someone for example had some hooky fags yeah in the boot of their 1984 Cortina you could just drag them straight up to this huge thing in space yeah or if they crossed the border illegally you could have a huge death ray that pointed straight at them <laughs> Gavin Williamson could wear a sort of a black cape affair. Right, right, right. And he might want to forget about sort of breathing natural air and just have a big black helmet on. That's a good idea. It is good, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Imagine how big the... If you put the Brexiteers in charge of building the Death Star, imagine how big the exhaust port would be. It'd be (laughs) virtually the whole side, wouldn't it? Nothing can go wrong in my my Death Star. The Grand Moth Williamson. Well, there we go. I think we may, we've gone through what's going to happen. The Grand Moth talking. And I think Ooh. what we've got, what we've come to in the end is that by the mid twenty twenties, there will be a giant death, a star, death in space. star to control the Irish border. Yeah, it's as likely as a lot of other things that have already happened. Yeah, to yeah, be perfectly yeah. Or is that at the very least that little buzzy round globe that came in and tortured Princess Leia in the? First oh yeah, time? yeah. Some well, of one of them. I like them ones that went that went down to uh, Hoff. Oh yeah, they were good. Yeah, 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 yeah. With a little dangly. I'm dangly doing something that doesn't work with this thing because you can't see it, you but you know what we're them, talking yeah. about because you two are middle-aged sad men. The old danglers, <laughs> as I believe George Lucas called them. 
So finally, shall we look at the what Danske Bank says are the um, the likelihoods for all the remaining scenarios? Yes, please. So, hit me with it. So this is what will happen next if, on the 14th of March, uh, we vote to extend Article 50. And then it will, the deadline will be extended to May or June. Uh, and they have these as the most likely outcomes. New election, 5%. Right. Oh. What, a new, a new general election? New general election, 5%. Before when? Sorry, I wasn't listening, I was answering an email. <laughs> it's lasagna and beans, they said we need another... We need another read. Yeah, yeah, so go on, carry on, carry on. So, so these are all the likelihoods, yeah? There is a 5% chance of there being a new election, yeah. and that would happen, wouldn't it, if we extended the deadline, but then we couldn't decide, really decide on what to do, and rather than perhaps rather than go out with a no-deal exit, uh -huh. this is May when, actually we'll have a new general election yeah. and sort yeah. this out right. once and for once all. Once and for all. There is a 10% chance, they say, of a no-deal Brexit. Okay. Us leaving under WTO rules again. More chance of a no deal Brexit than a general election. Again, that would mean that May's deal hadn't succeeded. Yeah. A people's yeah. vote deal hadn't yeah. succeeded. Yeah. They say that there's a ten percent chance, and this is not even on the table at the moment. Right. Of us, all these scenarios being exhausted, and then somebody saying, "What about Norway? That is on the that is on the card. Should we just vote for Norway?" So they say there's a ten percent okay, chance. Okay. Of that. Okay. Okay. They say that there is, for a second. EU referendum, there's a 30% chance of that. Oh. And they say, and I think they are about right, maybe a little bit over, Yeah. they say that there is a 45% chance of Mrs May's deal, or very, very similar, yeah. passing eventually after we extend the deadline. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that is probably where we I are. Think I think it's great, and I agree. the chance of a second referendum right now. Yeah, yeah. But We'd, you, hey, you'd have taken that not so long ago, when Absolutely. it looked like doom and gloom. Absolutely. And who put that together? Peter Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel. And Casper. Yes. One Sunday afternoon. Yes. Danske Bank. Because they fi they'd finished that jigsaw. Yeah, they did, yeah. Brexit of the Week next. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with lasagna and beans. Yes. I like, what, about, what if it was beans and lasagna? What, beans underneath? Yeah. Lasagna on top? Well, Secret All beans. the variations <laughs> that you could have. It's incredible. Break through of the week. Let's start with our old friend uh, Nadine Doris. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, you know, a big week for, for Nadine for, for several reasons. Junk food. We'll come to that in oh, a minute. Okay, good. Of course. But started the week. She she is quite a few people in the Tory Party, as in the Labour Party now, are holding out the hand of friendship to their. Departed colleagues, aren't they? Not Nadine Doris, uh, who has said of uh, Wollaston, Subri and Alan, Heidi Allen, Anna Subri, Sarah Wollaston, she said, uh, she appeared on the Politics Live, she said, we don't know what their policies are, we don't know what their beliefs are, as far as I'm concerned, their constituents are without representation. It, she, she actually went on to say, as far as I'm concerned, a good deal is better than a bad deal. Which is what you think about. It's clever, isn't it? Wow! Um, but it's the stuff about leaving constituents without representation. Yes, yes, yes. That sort of raised an eyebrow with me because, Why? of course, in 2012, yeah. Nadine Doris 
jury of parliamentary sitting, yeah. not jury of parliamentary sitting, she didn't just pack her bags then, but while parliament was sitting, yeah, yeah. she went off to Australia, didn't she? she? Did, yeah, 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 but I mean, but, yeah, but she, I mean, I presume she went off some kind of trade envoy or fact-finding mission. Well, she said that she wanted to raise the, um, the issue of cutting the abortion limit from 24 to 20 weeks, didn't she? Right. And where better to do it than, yeah. you know, sitting in a group of people including, you know, Tony Blackburn and <laughs> Palmer Tomkinson. I, I can't remember it was on the series whether they were on series one of course um so she did do that she got suspended from the tories for six months for doing it she did she how much did she get paid she had to apologize i don't think she ever revealed that she gave up her parliamentary salary and donated it to charity for the time that she was away she didn't give up her i'm a celebrity no because that would have been probably 80, she, lasted, she lasted 12 days in the jungle by the way during which time she ate ostrich anus and lamb's testicles no change, some some would say. And then she was the first candidate to be eliminated. And it's funny this because I was looking at the list of the first candidates to be eliminated. Yeah. Do you know who else was on it? The, no. Who sang the UKIP Calypso? Okay, Mike Reed. Mike Reed. He was the first to be eliminated right, right. in season three. Right. And former leader of UKIP. Who went in the jungle? Robert Kilroy Silk. Oh, God, of course. The leader of Europe, and he was first out in season eight. And and Nadine was first out in season 12. Incredible. So if you're a Brexiteer, you first out of the jungle. I'm getting out. I'm I'm out. (laughs) We're leaving. There was something on the radio the other day about... Oh, it was was a fabulous uh, documentary series about the um, fatwa on on Salman Rushdie. Uh, that's been on Radio 4 recently, I, I recommend it uh, absolutely. Oh, it's really? available on BBC Sounds. If BBC Sounds likes that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it played a clip from Kilroy. Oh, yeah. And it, I, it just took me immediately back to bunking off school, you know, pretending you're ill. Yeah, and yeah. There's nothing to do in the daytime. And then regretting it. Oh, God, what's Kilroy all day? I'm a Kilroy. Kilroy, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was, it? Ju- it it was, was just like, prancing round. It was like Donoghue without the um, well-reasoned argument, wasn't it? And it, but of course now, you know, at least there was the odd, you know, it was all like, should, it used to be sort of people with knives, should we hang them? But now it's just like... Hang them! Well, it's, <laughs> it is hang them. It's, it's, but it's, it's, did my sister have my... Daughter's baby. Oh yeah, yeah. now well, they both be hanged. Well, we, we I, my so. favourite Kilroy, and I, if anyone remembers it, then then please do let me know on social media. There was one you about know fox hunting. Have sex with a squirrel. I don't know, Steve. Maybe we talk about that off air. Um, the uh, it, it was fox hunting one, and some sab had brought in a fox on a lead. Yeah. And a fox hunter went to try and stroke it. And the sab was like, get your filthy hands off my fox. Did he bring out a dog then for, to savage And it? then they killed the fox. Yeah, of course they did. Um, and so, again, Nadine talking about leaving constituents without representation. And, and I, I'm just pondering this. And, and of course, um, and then, of course, on Wednesday night, same time as the drama in yeah, Parliament yeah. is, uh, some parliamentary drama is unfolding. There she is on the junk food experiment. On ITV. She was on with some uh, a galaxy of stars she was among. Peter Andre, mysterious girl, she certainly is. Tessa Sanderson, uh, of Sporting Triangles fame, and also uh, Olympic javelin thrower. Yep. Sean Wallace, do you know who Sean Wallace is? Sean Wallace? Yeah, I thought he was the notorious B.I.G., but I think he's actually on the... Um, <laughs> well, it's Christopher Wallace, I think. But I think he might, Sean Wallace I think he's on the. I think he might be on the chase... Hayley Tamadon, 
Nope. I think I've had some Tamadon. I think that's what he's requesting <laughs> it. And Hugo Taylor, I don't know who any of those last people are. I think Sean Wallace might be on the chase, though. Okay, cool. Um, so I presume he's got a nickname. But she's on there, and I, I don't know if you saw, if you saw What's this. What's he got to do? So the concept is that it's a 90-minute extreme scientific experiment to find out what our junk food lifestyle is actually doing to us. So for a week, she had to eat burgers for um, for uh, lunch and dinner. Right. Then the so next week, and? she had to eat fried chicken for lunch and dinner. Oh, and for the God, third week, she had to eat pizza for lunch and dinner. Every day? Every day. Oh, for no, a, a week apiece. Three weeks apiece. And I thought, to, to prevent... Her leaving her constituents without representation, making sure that they still got the most out of her. She would naturally have planned this for when Parliament wasn't in session. Of course, because there's the plenty Christmas of break. nice big. But apparently not, no, no, because during the burger week, which was the first week, um, she she said, "I'm just about to go into the chamber in the House of Commons to give a speech <clears throat> on childhood obesity. Normally, I just deliver my speeches myself from my head." I don't trust myself to do that tonight, so I've written out my speech. So for the first time in years, I'll be reading a speech. Um, and I've seen Nadine What, Doris because of burgers? A few times, and I think that she should reflect that she might want to try this approach more often when speaking in the, the House of Parliament. <laughs> However, look, at least she didn't have to eat an ostrich anus, did she? Or she didn't have to eat lamb's bollocks. So, so surely that's, that's fine, that's better than... I'm a celebrity, but but it isn't because oh. because we ended up with the spectacle of well I, I I'm going to put this in the words of the uh, the show's press release yes before the experiment began Nadine's stool sample showed a healthy gut oh. but now as she pops into the loos at the Houses of Parliament to give oh. her second sample Nadine is worried what her latest results will show so essentially Nadine Doris's oh, waste well, well. matter is being flung at our TV screens and it's just not on politics live this time. <laughs> but um, is she pulling in a little Tupperware box in the House Department? Yeah. Man. Essentially. Man. There should be a law against that. Boris Johnson, next. Boris. Um, his haircut. It's yeah. his new haircut. Hey, I'm trendy, guys. I wonder why. why what could it be? I've got no possible idea. Just recently, he's lost weight. He's, he's lost weight. He's got a new haircut. I think he's got some new shoes. But I'll tell you what, his, his, um, his ideas for his column. I'll tell you what, though. He is. He doesn't eat junk food. I'll tell you what his favourite food is. Yeah, go on. Apples. <laughs> uh, and his column ideas are getting as thin as he is because <laughs> he gets £5,000. £5,300 per column. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Boris Johnson. Yeah, that's famously why I was sacked from the New Europe. I had a column in the New European. Yeah, that was only £5,200. Yeah, that's right. Um, And it said, he tweeted it on Monday morning, and he tweeted it, and his tweet said, I am getting sick of the constant suggestion that anyone who sticks up for Brexit must have far-right tendencies. Now, nobody that I know is suggesting that anyone who sticks up for Brexit has got far-right tendencies. Although... I am suggesting that somebody who takes advice from Steve Bannon and talks about pickaninnies and letterboxes might just be construed to have far-right <laughs> tendencies by right-thinking people. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, why on earth is Boris Johnson, on whatever it was, the 24th of March, tweeting, I'm sick of this constant suggestion that anyone who sticks up for Brexit has got far-right yeah. tendencies. Yeah. And then I'm looking further down in my timeline and I saw a tweet from this PR woman 
uh, Carrie Simmons, and she tweeted three, four days earlier, supporting Brexit does not make you far right, it's tedious, insulting, and just plain wrong to keep on stating that it does. Yeah. And it was, I thought, who is this Carrie Simmons? And of course, she's Boris Johnson's new girlfriend. Oh. So he's getting his ideas from her. Oh. Uh, well, that might not be such a bad idea. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Uh, Julia Hartley Brewer next. Yeah. Uh, this was a great tweet. Just approaching the border between France and Switzerland, and now I'm in Switzerland. I reckon that took all of 20 seconds, uh, Julie Hartley Brewer tweeted. Uh, last weekend, she was in uh, away for a holiday. Yeah. Obviously forgetting, uh, A, Switzerland is in the Shenzhen area, yeah, yeah. B, the experience for, if you're actually driving a lorry <laughs> full of goods, which is what we're all worried about, rather than the safe passage of Julia Hartley Brewer <laughs> to, to independent countries. Um, and they wait, face waiting times between 20 minutes and two hours, and if that gets even worse, and just imagine it in... in, in I'm in, just in, pleased in that, you know, two and a bit years in now, or getting towards three years, really, yeah. if we take the campaigning as well, People still don't understand this. Yes, exactly. People who are given a platform it's don't amazing. understand it. Her radio programme, which is on talk radio, is billed as the no-nonsense breakfast, which I think could be construed as misleading advertising there. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is the runner-up this week. Right. It's disappointing, isn't it? Oh. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, a, a great actor in both Cheers and Frasier, uh, not such a nice man, notorious um, in America for being a right-winger, 2015... He was uh, seen posing in an anti-abortion T-shirt. It had a picture of a pistol on it, and the slogan was, would it bother us more if they used guns? Uh, and now he is in uh, Man of La Mancha, which is a musical about Don Quixote. It's coming to the West End uh, later this year, and he's been doing a tour to support... The Man him. of La Mancha! The Man of La Mancha! That's Morrissey doing Elbow. Oh, is that is it a song? By, actually, a song by it Elbow. Is, yeah, it just sprung into my head, and I thought, oh, it's Morris, it's Morris' song, but then it's not Elbow. It's um, it's it Elbow. Uh, you carry the taxi on, man. You carry on. Uh, and he appeared on Radio Four, uh, publicising this. It's got the Impossible Dream in it, which is quite related to Brexit, isn't it? Another good song. The dream, the Impossible. That's a great dream. song. Uh, and he said, I overhear the talk about Brexit, and I think, why are they voting for it again? Why couldn't you just vote once? It's like you keep voting to get the result you want. Holy crap, it's been two years. What the hell? Just get on with it. <laughs> uh, and um, also Kelsey Grammer, uh, I, I remember this from 2016. I remember reading this piece, one of those what I've learned things in The Guardian, yeah. uh, or questionnaires in The Guardian. Uh, name the living person you most admire. And Kelsey Grammer chose Putin because he is so comfortably who he is. Right. Uh, thus proving that uh, if the man who sang about tossed salads and scrambled eggs, bit of a tosser himself. <laughs> uh, it's open arms by elbow. And talking of this, well, open arms. Hmm? That's what he does, isn't it, in his stage presence. He's often seen, what's he called, Guy Garvey? Guy Garvey, yeah. He's often seen putting one arm out, isn't he, in what, if Morrissey did it, it'd be quite dodgy. Um, he looks like he's hailing a taxi on stage. Yeah, I think you're right. I've seen them a few times. They're, they're a good it seems band, to be. I don't. I wouldn't listen to them. Well, the first two, first three albums are very good. I think once once they had that um, big hit with um, which was on the fourth album. One day like this. I think then all of a sudden they were playing stadiums. And Married that. to Diana Rigg's daughter, isn't he? 
Is that right? Well, well from Detectorist. He dated... Well, um, she's also married to Mackenzie Crook in Detectorist. How can that work? Celebrities. Because he was... <laughs> They're go- all at it, aren't he, they? He, he went out with... Um, Bowman. Yeah, who then went out with... From the editors. Well, not the Society of Editors. <laughs> Paul Dacre. Yeah, that's right, Edith Bowman's married to Kelly McKenzie. Oh, no. Not Bowman. No. Yeah. yeah. I she's up to me. Edith Noman. I like Edith Bowman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I don't know why. I just like her. I think it's because she's from... I think she's from Perth, isn't she, where my mum is from? Oh, so uh, Edith Bowman reminds you of your mum. She does, so, yeah. There you go, Edith. Yeah, you've made it now. And uh, the Brexiteer of the Week is David Davis. Ah. A welcome return. Ah. And despite all evidence to the contrary, <laughs> Theresa May's first hopeless Brexit minister, it seems like, you know, you wait, you have one hopeless <laughs> Brexit minister and then they just come along like buses, don't they? They do. Uh, and he's still convinced of his own genius, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's asked in an interview, uh, he was asked, he's done an interview with, with Tatler, which is a society magazine, and they said... Oh, that poor dog. Yeah. And they said, do you have the credentials to one day lead the Conservative Party? And David Davis said, wrapped with self-doubt as always, he said yes. Yes. And if this was an application for a job as a chief executive, I would probably win it. But it isn't. And this isn't the way the decision is done. Uh, he also, um, <laughs> imagine if he was actually in a job interview, David Davis, and they sort of went, when you said there were loads of Im- impact reports and then they didn't turn out to be any impact reports, what would you say? Oh, oh well, of course. Oh, look at, my, look at my Swiss Army knife. I'm afraid I don't have much time for this now. I could kill you with my bare hands. And then you would say, um, when you said there would be no downside to Brexit and only a considerable upside to Brexit, what would you say? Well, I'm afraid I have to... Oh, well, that was in the SAS. A very important meeting. I was in the SAS, you know. Um, he also referred to himself um, uh, in the interview as the last of the great romantic radicals, which just sounds like a song by Morrison. <laughs> I am the last of the great romantic radicals. But does he mean, does he mean, because like Lord Byron, I've been studying poetry. You know, yeah. does he mean a romantic, as in you know Byron and Shelley, or does he mean that he's radically romantic? So instead of a yeah. bunch of instead of a bunch of like roses, the oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, Valentine's Day at DD's house. Oh God, right? Oh God, yeah. I was thinking more like darling. B D D S M. Very good, very good. I was just going to try and mention lasagna and beans, but there's no point. He also said to Tatler, <laughs> with no hint of shame, people call me right wing, but I'm neither right nor left. I'm all over the shop. Confused would be a better description. <laughs> David Davis, you are a complete fool and the Brexiteer of the week. Do you know what? I love him. <laughs> what should the listener do right now? Go out and eat some lasagna and beans. It's really good for you. On top. Beans on top. Beans on top. I wonder if you could... Could you put... Right, I've been, I've been putting a bit of thought into this. Because could we market this? Because you could... Lasagna is made of a layer of meat, usually, and a layer of pasta, and a layer of meat, and a layer of pasta. Could we then put a layer of beans in? Oh, that would be sensational, wouldn't it? Yeah. Beans, lasagna. Bean beans. Bean lasagna. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, 
what you can do now is go to steadyhq.com slash the new European uh, or just go to steadyhq.com and search for the new European uh, and you'll be able to contribute to our fine work to stop Brexit. Alternatively, uh, go to your podcatcher of choice wherever you're listening uh, to this and drop us a lovely review uh, with lots of nice stars. Uh, you can join the New European Readers Group on Facebook. You can like the New European on Facebook. Or you can follow the New European on Twitter, at the New European. You can follow me on Twitter too, at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. It really does mean the world to us. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's £2.50. It's got an egg on the front. You'll love it. There's tons of politics. There's tons of Brexit. But there's also tons of art and culture as well. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, blow on your bagpipes. Do you blow bagpipes or suck them? Here you go. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new. Just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.